You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. It's time for the End of Conversation podcast with funny man Damian Lemon. Crazy East Dominican, you know, Vladimir, come on, yo. My cool man from the county of Dade, Ali Muhammad. Yeah, Aha, we are back. Damian Lemon on my right hand. So, oh, wait a minute. This is in the conversation. I'm sorry. I ain't even titled that, motherfucker. This is in the conversation. I'm Damian Lemon on my right hand side. El Profesor Vladimir Camaño. Oh, shit. This is what I'm going to Oh, man. This is Ali Muhammad in the building. On my left hand side. I'm jumping the gun. This is Ali. <laughs> Muhammad. We in the conversation, man. How we doing? Uh, we're doing good, Everything man. Thank good, man. Doing good. Gotta clean my glasses, though, D. Wow, what's going on? Gotta man? get new lenses, man. They're at that point where they just look dirty. Uh, That's the first thing people say, too, is like, dude, they're cleaning his lenses. <laughs> really? Have you had that? Is, is yeah, I've, uh, I've noticed that. I, you know, I've done a couple tapings, and I'm like, ooh, glasses are dirty. But has anybody ever come up to you and say, yo, Pop, what's One up? One drunk lenses? white woman... She was a glasses wearer, I would I, imagine. You can't really see it from dip when you close. It's one drink. I was like, your glasses are dirty. I work for an optometrist's office. Oh, okay. And I said, what's up with the deal? And then she walked away. Uh, mm-hmm. So, interesting. Man. That's what I'm going to do. I clean my glasses. That's my tea and my moment for the day. Well, it's getting better. It's getting better. It's not, it's not as cringeworthy. <laughs> I've been going to sessions, guys. I've been trying to get it taken care of. All right. Clean glasses, man. Clean, clean your glasses, yeah. Right, no doubt. T-shirt no doubt. wiping working no more. Shit. You ever think about shit? LASIKs? You know, I did think about that, man. I was actually I was pricing out the budget to, to do that to get that done. How so much is that? that? I, it depends on the. Per, they have. It's funny because Ali, good point. They do have these living social deals. And I, I don't. I don't trust my eyes to a coupon. Hey. Nah, sir. You know what I mean? Nah. Miss Info did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, like, see, she did. A few people did it over there, and then uh, Hannibal did it. My man Hannibal did. He said that should change his life. Are you serious? It's a whole new fucking world. It's changed his life. His crowd work game is is another <laughs> you can level see now. Motherfuckers in the back. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. I see you in the oh, back you can out see there. The light. Oh, okay. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. He definitely got it. And I, my thing is, so that's like that's laser tearing. Your what's going on? As I understand it, they like, they reshape your the the, the your, your cornea. They reshape it the way it accepts light, mm. which allows you to get better, more accurate vision. Interesting. So right. I say I was actually thinking about that. Ali. Yeah, I was. Th- I was. I was looking into that. You scared? No, no. I'm. Uh, I, I mean, the stats are pretty pretty consistent. This is a small risk, obviously, but how? how okay, but let's talk about you. What's the? What's I've the, I've identified. I've identified with my glasses. That's the other part too. There's a part uh, of my identity. You know, you do have that. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got that. Feel smart. With yeah. You know, you got that. Fix my Wi-Fi look. You yeah, know, you got professor. Professor. You be a common thug after you. Take I know. I'm be regular. Off. You know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely gonna be more police stops. Regular. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, the, you seeing the glasses? Don't keep me under. They, they don't. Yeah. I don't get profile. And you might not get swung on as immediately. Right. Nobody ever wants to hit a guy with glasses. That's you. Right. That your world star appearance rate will significantly. The potential for you to be on the world star video will probably significantly go Drop. up. You take them glasses. D, you off. should be a consultant for uh, how not to get for got hood, hood exactly. anxieties. Yeah, hood exactly. anxieties. Yeah, how exactly. not to get got. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna have to carry a pair of glasses in my you know, on me. Just in case. Just, Just in case, case shit gets tense. No, no doubt. No doubt. People treat you different with glasses. That's a good point. And I, I don't. I never wore glasses. Um, you know. So, but I did. I did conduct the experiment one time. Had a pair of just glasses laying around the office uh-huh. and just rocked them out in the streets. People spoke to me more. Yeah, like they, people don't. They, people don't. Weird, they man. don't speak. You know what I'm saying? To, they don't just speak on the regular. Like, hey, good morning. They don't say that shit to me. But you look like you had something to say. You know what I'm saying? That's nah, what it looked it like. Look it look like, like I guess it looked more talk. friendly, more approachable. When you put the glasses on, though, yeah. yeah. They, I said, "Fuck that shit." Went back to my regular self. But then the other thing is the sunglasses. Now that's a whole that's different. A, that's a whole thug. That's the anti exactly. <laughs> that's the anti-social where you got the sunglasses on indoors. Hmm. It's either you super anti either you an artist or a wannabe artist, or you might be a weed head and you might be a little high right now. That's why you gotta keep your, your, say, your shades on at the funeral. Some people have they, they have struggled with eye contact and conversation. It makes them uncomfortable, mm-hmm. so they wear sunglasses. I've had a few friends like that. Yeah, because they hiding at that point. They're yeah, not yeah. acknowledging themselves. Yeah, yeah. they hiding. Like, just could, eye contact makes them uncomfortable, so they put the. But check this out. But that's that. But you know that becomes a good device too, because that shows. Listen, I'm about to get intimate, and I'm I'm gonna tell you where I saw that at. 
Oh, you put I, take them off to, yeah, for, for effect? I was watching the Damon Dash interview. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Let's get it started. All right. Ooh, that segue was no look. <laughs> no look. Anyway, <laughs> if you're going to do a no look segue, you can't talk about how it was a no look segue. You just got to segue. <laughs> that was a great segue. Anyway, but there's a point in the interview where he, uh, he calls out Spike Lee for not really supporting him. Right. Now, he was turned up up until that point, you know right. what I mean? Stunting with the shades on, and then he had to make a had to make an appeal to the people. Mm-hmm. You know, get the people on the side. Right. And he and he definitely deliberately took off his shades and he looked into the camera and he said, Listen, <laughs> I just wanna understand why a black man you know what I mean? This turned into a black man. It wasn't a boss. It wasn't right. an employee. Right, right. It was a black man. I just wanna know why when I came and asked for help, you felt as if I was arrogant. Right. You know, but it ain't, his poll it, ratings went up so, by ten <coughs> points. I mean, what did you guys think of that that interview with Dame oh, Dash man. in the Breakfast Club? I said it was a TED Talk wrapped up in shit talk. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was fucking amazing if you knew how to pick through it. No doubt, no doubt. I got a little annoyed that they pulled sound bites of the interview without giving it the full context because everybody just pointed to that one scene, that one moment where he was yelling at Envy. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to get the context that the interview opened up with him asking him about Jay. Well, I didn't see right. that. I saw the interview in its entirety. In its entirety, yeah. A lot of guys just took the sound bite. Right, right. But which that was the sound bite to take if you were going to take one. But I think Dame walked into it after that. After that, after they questioned him about Jay, he got fired up on that. He was like, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. And they kept right. pressing him on it. Right. And I think that bled into him getting loud later on. Well, I mean... Yeah, it did ag- agitate the situation. But at the same time, that philosophy, you know, Dame has never, you know what I'm saying, strayed away from that philosophy. You know what I'm saying? Of of putting his money into his businesses and not working for nobody and not being corporate and controlling your own your own right. situation. That's been his philosophy through and through and he's never, you know what I'm saying, veered from that. You know what I'm saying? Even when they had him in the press as losing money and being foreclosed on, he still stood true to that philosophy ceo you know what i'm saying so for me you know what i'm saying it, it's it's just something it just seems like you know you see the, the responses you know what i mean and, and social media of people talking about you know how they felt about what he said about being a boss and then having a job yeah i think i think Cass was uh <clears throat> taken aback they were taken aback because <laughs> the sanctity of the nine to five was was under attack you understand and I don't think it really, I think it was clearly a thing of two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. I think it was one of those interviews where you had to watch it at least twice, you right. know, because you could have an emotional reaction immediately depending on what side of the, the coin you are. If you're right. somebody that, that works for someone or someone that works for themselves, either a boss or a person with a nine to five, you could have taken issue to the way, there was some, I mean, you know, Dame is always good for some inflammatory words and shit. Right. One of the, one of the quotables I saw that I thought was, was, was crazy was, uh, calling a man boss is like calling a man dad. <laughs> That's, OD right there, Bob. <laughs> that is OD. But, but see, the thing about it is, you know what I'm saying, it's not Dan's responsibility to, to to present fairness. No doubt. Love and fairness and sharing is caring and cooperative. Uh, he, he's got he, a campaign. He he had a campaign. He, he had his point of view, and he was on a mission to, you know, represent his point of view through yeah. and through fully. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And whether you fall on one side or the other, you know what I'm saying? It was kind of true. There was an interesting moment. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Listen, I, I think that I don't want to say, I can never say that. If you got a boss, that's like calling somebody daddy. That's a whole lot. You I, Listen, I work for myself. You work for yourself. Right, you but I've, I mean? I've had a job. Everybody, and, and, and I think some of the best training to be a boss is a job. You know okay. what I mean? Uh, I think to say calling uh, call somebody who you call a boss is like calling somebody a, a daddy. <laughs> That's an extreme way of saying that you're dependent on somebody, right? But you kind of are. No, you you well, gotta you. If that motherfucker come in that to work that day and say, you know what, this is not working out. True, indeed. But nobody you got to go. Nobody is wholly independent. Everybody has to work in tandem with someone. Exactly. You but, know? But wait, I think I think his just his position was just that, you know what I'm saying, when your whole situation is dependent upon your your work situation, then it leaves you vulnerable. Yeah. And, but and it was, but again, if, he if, said it if, harshly. No, exactly. But what I'm trying to what I'm trying to say is like I'm all about working for myself. You know what I mean? Like I, I've had a job and I understand that, you know, 
I wouldn't want to have to work for anybody at this point in my life. You know what I mean? And that's a, that's a luxury on a certain level. It's something that you got to work hard to establish. And then if you could get your own business up off the ground and maintain it, you know that that it comes. It's a lot. I won't say it's a luxury. It's it's a lot of fucking hard work, and it's a it's a changing of your perspective to the point where you gotta look. I don't want to say look down on having a job, but to to work for yourself is kind of like I'm gonna go all in. This is my A game, and if this is this is my plan A, there is no plan B. So there is no entertaining that talk. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like it is something seductive about the thought of security. You know what I mean? But I feel like what the 2007 recession taught people was that security is a myth in itself because you can be let go just because you don't fit within the margin. You've been a great fucking employee for years and all of that, but we got to let you go. Right. You know what I mean? However, at the same time, if you work for someone and your clients aren't clicking, they ain't calling no more, they're not cutting any checks. It's going to be a bit of a crisis, no and not. it's and it's one of those it's one of those relationships that are that are dependent on one another. The thing is, I think this is where the perspective switches, though. It's like, whereas somebody with a job is like, "Damn, I need another job." Who's hiring? Where somebody works for themselves is like, "Damn, I need to make some money. What can I do?" It's like it's 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 really that just that departure. But I don't feel like. You know, Dame is his shit talking is like Rucker Park legendary. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So for him to say some slick shit like that, that's that's apropos of Dame Dash. But that's if, what he is. That's what he does. And and if it wasn't presented in that type of way, we wouldn't be having this conversation. That's true. You understand? If it was fair and balanced, you know, and it, you know what I mean, in its truth, then we wouldn't have nothing to talk about. So when you know let me saying? ask you a question. We had a boss when you used to say, Hey boss man. Well I not even say, hey, boss man. Because that sounds crazy. <laughs> but we used to say we used to speak to your boss when they say when they give you like a review or something. They say this is what I want you to do, blah, blah, blah. I, I Did you ever feel like you say, Damn daddy Thank you for <laughs> no, this information. No, nah. nah, but I know I did feel like. Daddy, thank you. I, Damn, I, I did feel like <laughs> every time you know I walked in that office, I felt like this shit ain't mine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I felt like, shit, I need to, you know what I'm saying? I, I need, from my my first real job mm -hmm. was that vibe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when I got on there, the guy who hired me left like six months after, I, no, like three months after I got there. Uh -huh. So the whole plot from the my from my fourth month to my eighth month was them trying to get as much information out of me before they pushed me out the door because they thought I was going to leave with the other guy. Mm -hmm. So every day I thought, damn, I'm just this is the day that they going to fucking fire me. Mm -hmm. and that's when I started 21st Century Hustle because mm -hmm. it was in my thought process was, well, shit, I need to get back to my, you know what I'm saying, original yeah. thinking, which is how can I build my own shit? And so I started it and... And that, that let me feel free. That let me feel free enough. And then when my job was more secure, when they felt, when they saw my value or whatever, you know what I'm saying, I just ran, you know what I'm saying, my business and my job parallel. And I learned a lot, but you know what I'm saying? And I was comfortable, I was secure, but at the same time, I just never felt, I never bought into it because that's not where I came up and that's not where I came in. But then what about when you had to do 21st Century Hustle exclusively? exclusively. How was that? What you mean? Like how, like when as you as far as the first jump off, or, or just the process of doing it, the first jump off and the, first, the process. The first, the main when you first jump out, you're like, shit, I'm motherfucking free, I'm, <laughs> I'm free, I'm gonna do my shit, and and then you know, then you had to deal with you know the shit that come with it, and I've been through that. The only difference was this time when when I started the when I started it just alone by myself, I had. It wasn't like my other businesses. I had a house. I had two kids and one on the way. You know what I'm saying? So it was a different ball game. So it was way the stakes was way higher, and it felt it felt nervous. You know what I'm saying? It felt scary, but at no point did I, you know what I'm saying? Did I say, you know what? Man, fuck this shit, man. I'm gonna go get another job. You know what I'm saying? I just fought through it because I knew I know the rewards of putting in the work. You know what I'm saying? I know the value of being able to be free enough to do whatever I do wherever I want to do it, to to hold my conference call in the car 
waiting on my son to get out of school. You know what I'm saying? I know the value of all that shit. So, you know what I'm saying? That that was worth more to me than the security because I could go get my own. But you know talk about that a little bit more. Like, even, like, that was just a glimpse. Like, helping the conference call in the car while you're waiting on your son. But, like, talk about that anxiety. Talk about uh, how it could be to, like, talk about, and maybe this isn't you, but if it is, talk about just some of the, the, the uncomfortable moments of having to be your own boss. I mean, the most, the, the most uncomfortable moment for me is, you know what I'm saying, having the real boss at the house, which is my wife, you know what I'm saying, who I got to answer to <laughs> as far as, you know what I'm saying, holding shit down, you know what I'm saying, my kids, my family, you know what I'm saying, that's the most uncomfortable part is when shit ain't right or shit ain't where you want it to be and it ain't enough at that very moment, that's the most uncomfortable part because you got to wake up and look at everybody else who looking at you like, what you going to do? You know what I'm saying? They looking at you like daddy because <laughs> that's what you are. And you got to provide the security and you got to provide the shit. So that just keep you up at night. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 part of the, the, the problem solving. And that's the part that that fuels you. You know what I'm saying? That's the part that because once you figure it out, the the reward is greater than the fear. You know what I'm saying? The reward is, is, is better than than that anxiety. You know what I'm saying? And then once you've been through it and you've been around the track a few times, then you know not to worry, you know what I'm saying, when shit get low because you know you've been putting in the work, you know what I'm saying, you've been running your angles and you know where shit coming from, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but it's tough because you have to fix your mind to deal with that and, and to be able to block that shit out and say, okay, all this shit that's coming at me from all different directions, I can't see that right now because I got to get to this right. and I have to get this done and I can't waver and I can't falter because if I do, then... All this shit fall down. You know what I'm saying? It's typically when you turn to God. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I mean, but, but if you in, if you doing this, God, you God is in your thoughts every step of the way. You know what I'm saying? If 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 you that type of person, you know what I'm saying? Because you're not. Well, you everybody say I'm doing this on my own, self made, and all that type of shit. But again, like you said, you definitely got to work with. You got to build, and you got to work with other people. You got to do. You know what I'm saying? Collaborate, cooperate. But at the same time, you don't just make all your thoughts up. You know what I'm saying? They come from inspiration. You know what I'm saying? So it's a direct line all down there all day. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because when you are the boss, that shit is a lonely-ass job. You know what I'm saying? Nobody want to hear none of that shit what you got to complain about. You know what I'm saying? You got to deliver. So you don't, you just go, it's going to be a lot of introspection. You know yeah. what I'm saying? A lot of God talk. Yeah. A lot of, you know what I'm saying? Shit, I need, whoo, what's, what can we do right here? You know, my friend Royale, we were talking about this this weekend, mm -hmm. how you have a destination, but you don't know the how. Mm -hmm. The how gets figured out if you, if you keep putting in that investment in that time. Like the little pieces start to fall into place if you keep putting in that effort. Yeah, you just We get so caught up in figuring out what the pieces are going to be, mm -hmm. but you only, you, only, you only focus should be putting in, being proactive and putting in the effort. Let me ask you a question. Now, you have a nine to five. I don't have a nine to five. No? no, seven ten to three. To six? I do part time IT work. It's okay, not, it's not full. It's not full time though. Do you have a job? I do have a job. Two jobs. How did you feel about the Dame Dash interview? The boss versus the the man with the job. Uh, I think it's important to separate the speaker from the message. Okay. I think Dame it could be a little inflammatory, and it, and people get caught. They get distracted by who's saying it versus what he's saying. Mm -hmm. What he's saying is you know nothing new. It's like you have to own the means of production, which is what capitalism is. Mm -hmm. You own the means of production, you make the profit. Bottom line. Um, so I agree with what Dame was saying. There was an interesting point, though, and Dame kind of sideswiped, sidestepped it. Envy asked him, how did you pay for the studio time mm -hmm. when you first started out? Mm -hmm. And Damien kind of checked him and redirected it. You know, he didn't, he didn't answer that question directly outright. Because I think what Envy was trying to get to was, how do you get the capital, the investment capital? I right. think he I think he said as much as he could say right. without, you know, without incriminating the, himself. Or destroying the message with uh, or, yeah. uh without sidetracking the message, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if you say, Yeah, we, we were selling dope, which everybody already know the story. Correct. Jay Z was on the cover of Forbes talking about how much dope he sold. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> So it's it kinda was, like again, Envy going back to questions that everybody already know. So I think Envy you know, Envy it's funny because the the way Dame stepped into the plate, 
it becomes an interview of looking for contradictions because he's so big because because right. Dame is so big, so people start looking for contradictions in him, which try shouldn't be the case. Down. Try to right. cut him down. They try right. to look for. Well, to, I got a I got a theory on that, <laughs> but let me. I want to get back to the original point that you, as a person that has a job, right? What did you feel about Dame's position on that? What do you feel about this whole calling your boss daddy? <laughs> What do you think about that? Like, You're being quite inflammatory. I'm, not, I'm, yeah. not, I'm replaying. I'm is replay. your boss your daddy? I'm, you know what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, there, there's two sides to the coin. Right, right, there's, right. You, we talked about you. You own. Right, right. You know what I mean. You work for yourself. I would have talked to you. You know what I mean. You work for someone else, right? What do you feel? How do you feel about? Do you? How do you define yourself by that? How did you feel about that? You know, all of that type of thing. I think for me, it's like, you know, to, to I think, I don't know which one you guys said it, but like, you know, uh, Envy, Envy made a good point too. Like, I, I see both sides of the fence. Envy was basically saying that he was working in this radio station based on certain terms. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy working here. Mm-hmm. I enjoy, so my, I, I do IT work part-time and I'm able to work remotely. Mm-hmm. I get certain benefits that I can use when I'm on the road doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it works for me based on my terms, based on my schedule. So I'm agreeing to work for somebody else because it works based on what I'm trying to do. Right. Do you want to do comedy full time or do you? I'm doing it full time, but full time with no job. The security, yeah, your job will be comedy, where everything that you do, everything comedy related, is what will what will pay you. Pay you. That will be your income. Your sole income will be comedy. <clears throat> yeah, I'm be. I'm gonna keep 100. I mean, I could I, I could technically do that now if I wanted to. Uh-huh. I could just take the leap and do it. Okay. You know, I've cut down a lot of expenses. Um. But I, I like, I kind of enjoy my, the, my, my boss, quote unquote. He's a cool dude. He's taught me a lot about business. He's actually helped my comedy out in terms of the way I navigate it, in terms of like uh, what platforms am I using. Mm-hmm. And he has his own business. So I've learned from him about how to navigate a business. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to set up different retirement accounts. I learned about index funds. I learned about uh, uh, Salesforce. Do you think you wouldn't have that same relationship with him if you didn't work for him? Absolutely. I mean, no. I mean, I wouldn't have that. I mean, but I, I know it's the kind of thing that when I do leave, he's still he's still a, he's still aligned for me. I can still call him up and be so like, so you hey. can still have that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not, I mean, he trusts me with a lot of stuff though too. I see, like I've I've seen the in, ins and outs of the business. Yeah. So we have conversations about what to do in certain situations based on intimate knowledge of the organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, what people you going of, on strike, people going, you know, different things. What do you think he'll think if you if you go in tomorrow and say you're leaving? If I told him that, yeah. He'd probably be like, hey, listen, can we get a transition period? Like, wh- how much time do you need to leave? That'd be, that would be the conversation. Let me ask you, what do you see more security in, comedy or where you work at? Comedy. Okay. But I will say this, though, about Dame. And I think people got to separate the speaker from the message. Dame is really particular about language. Mm-hmm. He likes speaking in a way that does not communicate coming from a deficit. So people get caught up in that. When he says he's boss. he's trying to be a boss. If you see what Dame did, though, instead of boss, he'll say partnership. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which I think is so ill because now when people interact with you, it's almost like they're interacting with a different person. Mm-hmm. Language is dope is is important, dude. If you if you if you if you start talking from a place of deficit, like oh that's my boss, mm-hmm. as opposed to being like that's my partner, yeah. right? But it it's, phrases it's, it's, it's it phrases two, the whole but thing. It, but it's two different. things. It's two different things. It's not it's not the same thing. If he's your partner, he he's not your boss. Y'all both have the uh, same amount. You to have lose. equity in it. You know what I'm saying? You both have equity stakes. I guess what I'm saying is like language makes distinctions, right? I mean, D- Damien and I had a situation this week at the Comedy Cellar, right? Yeah. Um, a certain some some somebody walked into the Comedy Cellar. That's a big deal. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's he's a lion in the game. He's like the Michael Jordan. Who? Nori uh, Davis. Nori Davis. <laughs> Nori Davis walked into the Comedy Cellar and the crowd. So went, wow. Shout out to Nori Davis. Shout out to Nori Davis. You know, Dean, I was saying that they and uh, we were he sat he sat with a mutual friend, mm-hmm. and I decided not to go over there because mm-hmm. of said person was there, but that's only because of the language I'm using in my head. I'm using language in my head that makes this person, you know, the, the big stuff, the big deal. Right. Whereas if you use language like Dame says and, you know, the way Dame talks, that person becomes just another person. He's a peer. He's a, he's a human being. Right. Granted, I respect his work, but there's no reason why I can't join the table and have a conversation. No doubt. And that's something, that's that's a mindset, you know what that's I'm saying? A, it's my, but, language. But, but at the same time, is when you're talking about business and partnerships, it's not just language. That shit is law. You know what I'm saying? That is that is but how you, you think how you establishing the legalities of your working relationship. You know what I'm saying? So an employee contract and a partnership agreement is two totally different things, no matter how you if you say it in different languages or if you if you if me and D do something together and we say we partners, you know what I'm saying, it don't mean shit until we put it down in writing and make it right. 
and make it make it do what it do. And we both sharing in the equity because a lot of people throw language at you to throw you off as well. Hey, let's let's partner up on some shit. And then really, when you when you get to the situation is they want you to build their shit for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's not a partnership. You know what I'm saying? That's an indentured servitude. You know what I mean? Shit like that. But what if now? What if someone walks into a situation like that, but they don't have the language for that? You see what I'm saying? Like Dame, in some ways, Dame educate a lot of people by introducing those words to people. No doubt. And like stop using boss, use X. And I think I think that was the most important part right. of the conversation is that it's just it puts the thought out there so we can have these conversations. Right. And I, I think you know there's two parts that I thought were very interesting. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? When he called envy selfish. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what I'm saying? You hustle for your first name. I hustle for my, nah, last, hustle name. For my last name. That shit was dope. <laughs> That's the newest hot <laughs> shit. So I had to tweet that. I was like, I've been saying this all 24 you know hours. Because when you when you thinking about your legacy, when you're thinking about your kids and your kids' kids, you know what I'm saying? You're not you're not operating in a in your from yourself. You know what I'm saying? You're operating with everybody in mind, everybody that you got rolling with you that you are responsible for your your lineage you have that on your back mm-hmm. and that's how you thinking and that's how you setting yourself up and that's how you doing your deals and that's how you moving and i think that was important to say and also you know what I'm saying enjoy his uh moment in in proud fatherhood mm-hmm. he's like my son got cookies yeah, he got he brought them out <laughs> you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying he got a yeah. place called buns my son got a restaurant <laughs> called buns, buns. At the <laughs> I love that your father paused he got, after he, he got just cookies. shouted out your restaurant. That, that was a comedic moment, though. Like, I, you know, you said buns, but you said buns. My son got a restaurant, buns in Meadowlands. No, nah, the funniest part of the whole shit is when they got <laughs> heated. And when uh, when it, it looked as if, uh, I guess, Envy felt that. Dame, because Dame said, yo, investments sound smart to dumb people. And then Envy mm-hmm. said something like, you sound stupid. And he was like, hold on. Don't say I sound stupid. And Envy was like, well, you said I sound stupid. He was like, oh, if I said you sound stupid, I'm sorry. Did I say you sound stupid? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was hilarious, dog. I think Envy was just flustered at that point. He was just trying to, he was compensating. He was he was overcompensating for the conversation and, and trying to. He opened up with the Jay-Z bit, which I think took it in the wrong direction. It took it in, in a whole other direction. I mean, that was the whole plan of having him there anyway. That's the only reason they had him up there, because he has said the stuff about Jay in the other interview. Yeah. Yeah. So who wants they want the juice? Well, the whole point to have him up there was well, it depends on who we talking to. I guess for them it would be for that, them, yeah. But for him it was Losadas, the movie he's trying exactly. to Exactly. But right? for him, he's been doing this long enough mm-hmm. to know to control the mic. Yeah. I mean it'd be no Rockefeller if Dame Dash wasn't snatching mics and letting Jay Z rock. You know what I'm saying? So he understands the power he took all the power away from the Black Breakfast Club in that particular interview. It was a good one. It was a good. It was filled with quotables. You know what I mean. Definitely uh, has some, some great moments, man. It was, uh, you know, it was a, it was an interesting. It was an interesting. It, it shit. It still. It still. Conti- it still makes the conversation continue. I thought that shit was good. And anytime you got dudes or people in a public environment like that, it becomes theater. Well, it's yeah. always. I mean, that's it becomes theater. Radio is theater. Yeah, it's theater. It's it's entertainment. Anyway. It's entertainment. So it's just it's shocking to me how people get caught up in like these inflammatory Facebook posts about how Dame was saying it, how envy, how he dissed Dame, and I was like, yo, this is theater. Like, just listen to what well, the man was the, saying. But that's, but that's what the conversation the, is about. No, but just like it, like it just kills me how people can't see beyond the spectacle. Like, d- did you hear what Dame said? Like, focus on that. Stop getting caught up in who yelled at who. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean. Like, people, it's like so distracting. Like, Dame was making some good points. Right, but. Everybody got their own point they nah, want to make. I can't, I can't listen to him because the you way he talked. You wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't no spectacle. Right. You know it, what I mean? That's like, part of what made it like newsworthy. That what made people share it, what made the conversation go. It wasn't a bland interview right. which it, somebody was saying, this is what I do, this is how right. I believe. It was it was spirited conversation and it, it definitely had it some was, real was, point of views and some polarizing thoughts. A lot of thoughts. jabs. Yeah, a lot of cuts. jabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a good one. Can your son take money out the bank from this company? It was interesting. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it was interesting, man. I enjoyed it. I mean, I've I've seen it. I've I've watched most of Dame's in, uh, pieces online when he sits down and he talks with his friends. I watch all his videos. I got I got Dame's T-shirt at home. The CEO. I got, I got that, you know, at home. I've been by Poppington. Mm-hmm. So. What was up with Charlamagne wearing a Jay Z hat in T shirt? I gotta ask that, that man is, when I see him. Yeah, that was that funny. trolling in real life. It was trolling in real life. Ah, and he dang called him. He like, you got the hat on. You call over there and ask him. <laughs> Which sounded super paranoid to nobody that didn't know anything about. Because my grandmother was like, "What's the hat? What, what, what's 
<laughs> your, gra- your grandma watched it? Yeah, that's how big it got. <laughs> Went to my grandmother's house, kicked it to my grandmother. Shout out to my grandmother. What, what's your grandma say? She, was, she wasn't really all the way paying attention. She was like uh, hot combing her hair. But um, my niece and my sister there and my lady, we were watching it. And this was like the second time my lady had seen it. It was the first time my sister had seen it. And my, you know, and my niece, who is... See, my niece is 15. She didn't even know who Dame Dash was. Right, right. I was a little, I think I might have been a little tight about that. I was like, he started Rockefeller with Jay-Z. You know, I had to, you got to teach the youth. Right. But I did it in a, you know, in a Kurt manner. I apologize. But uh, <laughs> we watched it. You could watch how other people had this, this like, Everybody fell on a different side. I don't know, you know, I don't know about this. I, I agree right. with this person here. You know, it was it was also uh was it was he arrogant, whatever. But anyway, long story short, when he kept saying, You got the hat on, you got the hat right. on, my grandma was like, Well, what's up with the, the hat? hat? Is right. that what's the hat mean? <laughs> and it was just, you gotta explain. Well, the hat is yeah. his old partner got a new company and the hat is uh, you know, that's I, that. I think it was a little troll in that. That was crazy. <laughs> I got yeah, I got to talk. And, and, he, and, 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 and he played it real low too. He just he didn't say too much because you know he had already jumped off with envy. And, yeah, and he just what did what did uh, Dame kept calling uh, Charlemagne? Oh, Chatty Patty. Chatty Patty. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Chatty Patty. Chatty, Chatty, Chatty Patty. Man, I don't, I don't listen to Chatty man, that, Patty. That shit was funny as hell, man. <laughs> That was a good moment, man. That was a classic interview, man. Oh man. Speaking of good moments, Chatty though. Patty. Woo. What's cracking with this motherfucking to pimp a butterfly? Shit. I didn't listen to it yet. I heard I a couple. I heard, knew you wasn't. I heard. I heard some I tracks off of it. And classic back has classic black is 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 um <laughs> striking back. Dog, man, listen. That, yeah, that, that, man, that, we got it. Yeah, that I shit, think. I think that shit is funky. That thing, shit is. I told you my, my grandma was hot combing her hair. That's classic black shit. That's classic black. <laughs> Yeah, you know I mean, there's a certain, there's a certain, uh, certain thing. You know what I mean? That's classic, fish fry that's black, classic black. Oh yeah, I think it's it's a moment for classic black right now. I think I think new black has brought the classic pop, black out real mother. hard. Yeah, man. And, you know, and it's funny how the new black just you know lost the case against classic black in the courts of the law. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it's an ongoing struggle. No, I'm talking about with the Marvin Gaye, with the Marvin Gaye situation. Oh, okay, okay. Mr. No, 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 the Prince New Black. You know what I'm saying? Which I'm Robin Thicke and uh, Pharrell. Pharrell, Pharrell coined that New Black thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he coined it, but he was he was pushing it. He's a proponent of the New yeah, Black. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? It's funny that, you know, they were. You know, that got muddy to me because then I heard that they won, but then I heard that they denied that they were even having the case. I, I'm I'm all I'm still not all the way up to date with that. That uh, lawsuit. The record industry probably like, listen, let's, let's yeah. go ahead and get it off the books. Yeah. But um, back to to Pimp a Butterfly. Mm-hmm. Have, so you didn't, you ain't really. I heard, a, I heard about four or five tracks. I haven't, I haven't found a solid. You know what I'm saying? Full. That shit is fire. You know what I'm saying? Because they had taken it down off of iTunes. When I yeah, I thought it. they put it back up though. Oh, and when I checked it, it was down. This nigga shit is like Jordan's. It's yeah, limited you, yeah, edition. You, you can't, can't. They gotta resell it. I might have to start. I might have a blanket outside. I mean, selling them shits for fifteen dollars. I'll be honest, man. I, I think I have a disincentive to listening to hip hop albums lately. You have an incentive or a, a disincentive? disincentive. I'm, I'm dyslexic. I, like I'll be sitting with D in the car, and you deal be like, "Yo, you gotta hit his this bar, these bars." And it takes me honestly. It takes me like three weeks to process one song. I just it takes me too long to process a song. So what do you like listening to? But you like pun. I love pun. So I mean, pun is one of the I love pun, Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican. I love no, Pac. I love Pac. No, I love Tupac. But I feel like Pac, Pac was your first. Pac was your first. Pac was my first. I love Pac. But like when guys get too complex Pulse. with the rhymes, Pac was my first. <laughs> well, hero. <laughs> I got a pause on that. No, no. Uh, Pac, Pac was, was my first. first. Oh, Pac I didn't catch first. that one. Oh. Pac the cherry. <laughs> hey, Pac the cherry. That's hilarious. Hit him up. He hit him up. Who shot you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, Pac can take you through it though. A hero. Uh, so you got time. You can't. But like pun is extremely fast. It, you know, but I feel like guys like the, I don't know. I just like when you put the Andre three thousand was Andre a yeah, big boy. Yeah, yeah. It's just so loaded and, and nuanced and context. I can't. I'm like I give up. You know, it's so funny. I feel the same way about R and B. Me too. I can't like I can't really hear what they're saying. I, I, I thought I was I the only up. motherfucker <laughs> in the world who. <laughs> no, dog. I mean, like, listen to. <laughs> I can't, I can't make out the words. <laughs> no, I know the melody. I don't know that they said all of that that they said. You gotta be taking your time, like yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like R. Kelly, he real plain with his. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. 
But you know, that's when Park Slope John Legend starts sounding kind of good. Yeah, Park Slope John, John Legend. Legend. Nah, you, I can't hear what he's saying. We whispering We're too just much. Just ordinary people. I definitely don't know what the fuck D'Angelo's saying. Oh, D'Angelo don't want nobody out. to know what he's saying. <laughs> I don't even want it. Somebody sent me the lyrics because I was like, yo, I want to know the lyrics to the shit. Somebody sent me a link to the nah, lyrics, and I said, fuck that. You, I, you know what? Lyrics. I don't even want to know what he's saying. <laughs> I just want to, yeah. You don't know what he's talking about. The sound good. I, as I never knew. Um, I, I never knew a lot of R&B words I, because dude. I couldn't hear him. Like Jodeci, I know a little bit. So you're having my, my baby, baby. <laughs> and it feels so good to me. But after that, I'm like, all right, I got. That's only I know it now after damn near 20 years right. of listening even, to even it over you, and over. Even if you listen, talk about the Marvin Gaye, like <laughs> what? Stand in line. Is that what he said? That know. shit grooving, but I don't know what he talking about. This shit sound jamming, though. <laughs> <laughs> that studio session was the shit. Man, that was a good time. You know what I mean? You know what That's when you gotta hit him with the baby. <laughs> baby. You do that shit. You just gotta feel it. You don't understand what the fuck is going on. You about just, to take flight. Yeah, yeah. You hit it with the. Oh, but you, you basically you have to infer based on the mood. You have to you kind of have to like. Yeah. Oh, I, I think he's having a good time. He sound angry. He sound angry here. I mean, I mean, anger. Leave your sit turn. This little record. He said, "Leave your sit turn." What the fuck? <laughs> what does that mean? Anger. Either leave your sit turn. I said, "What is that? I don't know where that shit is. That's on the hear my dead album. You know, if you know Bob, you know what the fuck I'm talking yeah, about." Man. Teddy, <laughs> Teddy Pendergrass was good for letting you hear what he was saying. Yeah. Teddy was good for that, like you know. Nah, but he 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 like he like the Migos with that shit. He he had that 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 scream out. Turn him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He, yeah. You know, Teddy, then he'll go by the crooning. Teddy was a threat. Teddy wanted to fuck your lady. Yeah, Teddy was. A, he would kiss people in concert live. You ever seen clips? Of him he on would that? have concerts with nothing but women. You couldn't hand, even take your lady. You couldn't bring your lady. You know he would say just lit women only. Sweaty too, like yeah. that, that that performance sweat. Man. Leave with a tranny. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> well, you know. He probably wanted to change. Turn up. off <laughs> the lights. Turn them off. <laughs> Turn them off. <laughs> Shout more. out to Teddy B. I mean, you know it is. It is. You <laughs> can't judge him for that. You know what I mean? Nah, nah, everybody, everybody got their thing. You know, everybody wanted something man. different. You know what I mean? Miss you, baby. That nigga Teddy used to sing that shit. He said, "You my Ooh, first, my last, my latest wow. inspiration." He had some ill lines, man. That motherfucker. You just yeah. showing out now. Nah, no, deeper. Yeah, you know, you know, got quotables. R&B yeah, quotables. Nah, over there. No, but that's you understand Teddy. Some guys I don't understand, but that's how I feel about hip hop. I don't know. I give up. I'm like, all right, the beat, the beat was hot, but other than that, sometimes. Though you got to challenge yourself because it's worth it. It's worth it. It's like it's some of that shit. That's like it's dense, so you might not get it the first time, and then it's just kind of like sometimes. But know, I do feel like there's certain guys. I feel like you, could, like if you and I listen to record, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's because you're more practiced, uh -huh. but I feel like you'll hear a song uh -huh. and quickly digest the the, the, maj course. the majority of it. Yeah. Me is like I'm like D. I'm sorry, man. It's like Spanish. Like you know, I mean, you speak way you better sing, Spanish you sing, you sing, than Bloomberg. You sing, I don't speak. I don't speak hip hop. What are you trying to say? <laughs> you know, you know, it seems like oh, you know. Bloomberg, Bloomberg Spanish is the worst. Oh, That's what I'm saying. Man. I said he speaks way Disgrace. better. Disgrace. Oh, hola. El Huracano. El Huracano. Trying though. Vienes por aquí, Chipotle, guacamole. I think sometimes the cool thing about music though is it's even more so about the context. You know what I mean? Right. Like a song could be your favorite song just by how you heard it the first time. Right. Where no, you no. were, how it was set up, how the drums hit, how everybody else reacted. Acted, right. how you oh okay you know what I mean you kind of feel it is and I think I think this Kendrick album is one of those fucking moments dog right. it's it's like you know Good Kid Mad City was dope and it was dense and it was it was it was solid mm -hmm. and everybody was like anointing him that guy back then and I was like this is a fire album but you know, there's still some guys out there right, you know right, what I right, mean right, right, right. this album here what do you think is the impact himself, the impact of this album in terms of the the game. What is the? It, it, I think this is what got. Well, is it bringing? Is it bringing real like real layered lyric hip hop back I mean, to the game? Is it, it bringing like what, what's the impact overall in the game in terms of this album? What do you think? I mean, you don't know what the impact will be, but I could tell you what he's doing from the stuff that I heard. I mean, from yeah. what he's doing, he's trying totally different sounds than what's out there now. He's trying very different approach. He's adding things. He's taking things that they tried in the last album that, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, Dre has been good for his whole career. It's, it's layering in just lifestyle stuff throughout the track that he doesn't even have nothing to do with music. You know what I'm saying? Like I heard something in the background that was on an Ice Cube album, just somebody yelling in the background. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, that's shit from Ice Cube album. That was for you to hear. You know what I'm saying? And that was, was that was that was a reference that was so layered down up under it. I'm like, oh shit. It was an Easter egg. Yeah, it was an Easter egg. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Kendrick. But Dre always been good at the Dre, button. Dre, that he's he, Man, Dre, Dre's going. He's the hip hop producer of the he's century. Mount Rushmore. You know what I'm saying he he had an NWA. He had you know what I'm saying yeah. Cube. He had the Chronic. He so, got fucking Eminem. Fifty Cent. He got Fifty, and he got Kendrick. And all of those what we just named are culture changing yeah. projects and artists. You know what I'm saying? And I think what Kendrick Kendrick is doing is he's abandoning the pop. You know what I'm saying? The pop way of doing things and doing it just a whole nother way. Not that it's not pop, it just sounds totally different. Yeah. I think I think it reminds me of Outcast. Right. When uh and I thought that since the first album with Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe sounded right. very Very Outcast. Right. But I, I think he reminds me of Outcast in the way that he's gonna challenge everything sonically that's going on. He right. he's not afraid to go in a totally different, different. direction. Right. A lot of these other rappers sound like they all you, they shopping with the same producer. You know what I mean? It, it, it's damn near Nothing's like. on the chain. Yeah. It's like rhythms. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like a reggae. Right. It's a, okay, so now he on that beat. Everyone it's, dub play. Exactly. A little dub. Sometimes. But then he going to come with a whole nother cacophony of sound right. and it's all types of elements. And, and then on top of that, he is challenging. I think on the first, on the first album, he was kind of speaking for like, the, the youth, the kids like in his position, you know, his mm-hmm. predicament, good kid, mad city, the peers, you know what I mean? You don't, you know, when I'm with the homies, I'm right, doing stupid right. shit. You don't need to do this stupid shit. Now, I think on this album, he's challenging black America. Right. You know what I mean? To like really love yourself and to like look within and to believe in yourself. And it's, it's fucking, it's, it's a strong album. He's, he's making a strong case. It came at the right time. You know what I mean? Right. It's. Shit is it's it's a good one. It's it's just it's a good it fits right in with what's happening, you know what I'm saying? It's a it's a lot going on in classic black, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? D'Angelo album, you know what I'm saying? Funk. What you know what I'm saying, what what Kendrick is doing, what you know, a lot of the a lot of the girls are doing with natural hair, what Shonda Rhimes is doing on TV. It's a it's a lot of conversation. What Dame was talking about as far as, you know what I'm saying, controlling ownership. Your ownership. Your ownership. I mean, well, I not think, even ownership, but, but even more like working together and right. not tearing each other down. Exactly. Cause anybody, you you worked at you worked Rockefeller Street team. I did. You know I did full disclosure. Yeah. And I, I got to see that shit up close and personal. You know what I'm saying? And 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 a lot of people everybody that I know that worked over there, that worked with Dame. He gave all of them, you know what I'm saying, the autonomy to do their own things. You know yeah. what I'm saying? A lot of them doing yeah. their own shit and have been doing their own shit even when they were working for him yeah. because that is, was the culture. You know, he put people in position. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? He, shit, he probably lost his company to try to put people in position like Cam and all them cats. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? That probably was, you know, the straw that broke the camel back with Jay. But it was like he wasn't afraid to put people in position and, yeah. and let them – Hustle together, like yeah. he say. Harlem sticks together. He's about. He's definitely about that. Like inspiring other people to, to yeah, hustle on this block with. Right. So when Get he it. did when he did the DD one seventy two or whatever, you know what I'm saying. Everybody in there was doing their own shit and doing this shit with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so you got cats like uh, you know, Jet Life and all them cats out of there. You know yeah. what I mean? That went off to do their own shit, but they were cutting their teeth in there. Yeah, man. Is it, is it, I just, I'm curious to see what the what the, the aftermath the aftermath is going to be of this album in terms of like how it affects culture and and the sensibility of people's ears. You know what I mean? Like what we what we start. You won't really see that shit for years to come. Like you could. What I do think is, and I think to to open it further than just Kendrick. I think there's Kendrick, there's Jake. What I feel like right now, especially you know, a lot of people are dropping new albums this month, right? Mm-hmm. So Kendrick was supposed to come out on 323, then Action Bronze is coming out 324, I think Wale's coming out 331, something like that. First of all, the fact that I could rattle off three different release dates mm-hmm. says something about music right there, that people, there's some anticipation again, right? Right. But, you know, you look at J. Cole, you look at a Wale, you look at a Bronson, you look at a Kendrick, you look at a Chance the Rapper. It's a whole new generation yeah. mm-hmm. of new MCs that are relevant to people that, that you, people, these people give a fuck about them. You know right. what I mean? Like the Jay-Z's, they kind of like, they they deities. You know what I mean? Like they in the game, They at this point, they're legacy acts. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they could come out and make some shit that, but honestly, like, you know, 
it's a whole new generation of hip hop and it's it is exciting to see the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm in my 30s so I'm not a 17 year old kid that's experiencing some of these like when I was young and I was listening to like Outkast for the first time or when I listened to you know even the whole the whole G-Funk era for the first time and all of that or even like the the No Limit movement and the and the Cash Money movement the Rockefeller movement for the first time it shaped the way I looked at life, how I approached life. Like he said, with the whole Dame shit, Dame wanted you to have a fucking business. Even if you had a job, you was going somewhere to get incorporated because you was like, fuck that shit, I got to make my own. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It kind of defined, you know, your generation. And you're seeing a whole new generation of, of rappers that are speaking to this generation behind us. And it's, it's fucking interesting just to watch as a fan of hip-hop culture. You know what I mean? So... You know, I'm I'm curious to see what it is. I do feel like there's a new wave in lyricism, but at the same time, there isn't as much of that whole purist. Either you're a lyricist right. or you're not hip hop. And no I more. think that's good. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. It's back to being diverse again. Right, exactly. Because you got all you got different voices, and it's, and it's actually bigger now than if you had the '90s and you had. 20 big artists that that had albums and they were all different voices now you got hundreds of them you know what i'm saying and from all different cultures all over the globe you know what i'm saying so it's it's you know i think it's it's a great thing and i think just specifically to kendrick i think he's doing a lot of things as far as he's experimenting more with the bpms you know what i'm saying he's he's raising up the bpm count a little bit you know what I'm saying? Experiment with going faster and a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's not just a, such a down tempo like the, you know what I'm saying, the trap music and all that stuff, which, you know what I'm saying, ironically, the BPM counts on music has been down mm-hmm. since ever since The Chronic. When The Chronic came, this that shit slowed everything down. Everybody was like, what the fuck? Well, this bombs over Baghdad. That was crazy. Yeah, but, you know, again, Outkast, they challenged everything. That's what, That's what we, yeah, we yeah, said. Yeah. I'm not saying that, it, I'm not saying that it, it was absolute that everything was down, but... Overall, yeah, it got to, to that ninety-four beeps yeah. to to this day. That shit is like at sixty BPMs. Yeah. <laughs> shit is slow. Like, you know, that trap music is is slow. Mm. So, so you know, what I'm saying, I think what the effect that has is that a kid now that's coming up that's thinking, hey, I want to do some shit. You know, what I'm saying he's not locked into that one sound. To well, I'm gonna be the next trap rapper. I'm gonna be the next. You know, what I'm saying DJ Mustard. It's the producers that's like, well, shit, if they making music like that, I could do that. That's a new black. That's, that's you know what I'm saying? That? That's new black. I like the way we even pronounce new black. Like, new black. New black. You got to say new black like it's new. <laughs> even the pronunciation. <laughs> you know I'm, is, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, so when, you, when, you, when you're thinking about coming up, you're looking at what's out there and what's winning. And to have a sound that's not the same that's also winning, it affects how the next generation makes their music. It opens it up. It's like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like a comedian when it's a comedian that's fucking polarizing. Like when you see Patrice go on stage, you see Corey Holcomb Doug go on Stanhope. stage. You know what I'm saying? Doug Stanhope, even Louie. You know what I mean? When when they say Chris Rock, when they say shit that like can polarize the room, Mm-hmm. It just opens up more space for every other comedian to play with. It's like, right. oh shit, you could say that. Right. I bet. You know what I mean? Like I'm a chat. Like it challenges the whole entire culture, especially when it comes from a place of honesty. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of guys are clever. Yeah. They're it's clever. not a shock. It's a, you know, it's like oh, this is clever. I played with words. But when someone right. comes from a place of honesty and it's and it's polarizing. Yeah. Right. You know. Because it's just an expression, and yeah. it's like if this is going to be art, you should be able to express yourself as as fully as possible and when you see somebody do that it's almost like being like oh shit i ain't know we could do that you right. know what i mean but i mean yeah. as far as you speak to comedy it's just like when deaf comedy jam came yeah out. that lets you know oh shit we could do jokes like this we Classic could laugh life. we could laugh at our own shit like that and be on tv that opened up doors for everybody that you know what i'm saying was doing comedy just in small pockets to say, you know what, I can take this a whole lot further. Yeah. And the danger lies in trying to recreate that, you know, uh, Def Jam, the the, the, the NWA. Well, I mean, that, because like, that's it, the danger in it, just da- being yeah. a hustle. Yeah, right? I mean, that's like, what I'm getting to. Yeah. But if, if that's your brand and, and that's your, your legacy, you want to continue it, you want to make it go, but that it doesn't have to have the same social impact as the first. 
you know what I'm saying, for you to try to, you know, exploit it as a business. That's what ends up happening. Exactly. That's, that's what see that and go, oh, I could do that hustle as opposed to seeing him uh, being inspired but, by it. And, but that's the, there's a thin line, but there's the difference in the approach. Because it's yeah. like if you approach it as a craft, you'll always respect it as a craft. If you approach it as a hustle, you're going to approach it as a hustle. You're going to look at it as a hustle. And so it's a look at it as a way to come up. The timing is different. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if Def Comedy came back as you know what i'm saying something different as as it relates to what the time is is then it would be maybe different but that would that would, it, that would that would take you respecting it and looking at it from a point of culture as a point of let me just exploit my brand yeah and just to be clear i'm not making it specific to deaf comedy jam at all what i'm what i'm saying is it's like i always use this analogy it's like when you seen ll make um when i'm alone in my room mm. you know what um i need love right you know that shit. You know, I do know that. It was almost R&B though. That was, it was borderline. <laughs> but when he did that, it was so different from damn near everything else on the radio that was way more aggressive, right? Right. right. And then that became that kind of birthed the whole the the you girl had, record. You had to make a girl record. You had to make a girl yeah, you, record. You had to and, lick your lips on a rap video. And there's certain dudes that could do that shit effortlessly because they Take really, your shirt off. yeah, right. they into it. They right. they make shit for the women. They know that you know what I mean. And there's other motherfuckers that's like. I need a girl record to get on the fucking radio. No, that's no, my point. Nobody you know changed man? that shit more that's than my point. Than Pop. When that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Pop made all. He had a my dad homie record. He had you know what I'm saying. He had a whole list of genre records yeah. that yeah. that everybody felt like they had to put on their record. I, yeah. I need a homie record. I need a girl record. I need my club record. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say I got the same argument. For I need an after after right. death record because I feel like I think life after death mm-hmm. changed the way. Cats was making rap records for at least five years. Mm-hmm. It was that whole, especially New York cats. Right. It was that whole, all right, I need my, my primo beat. You know what I mean? Then I need my down south shit. Collaboration. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then I need, I need I need my shiny shit. You know right. what I mean? The club record. Then um, got to do the one with, with at least two short. Again, right. that, you know what I mean? Right. Like the it was West Coast. The West Coast saying, joint. Gangster, gangster-esque. Salute to my West Coast region. Salute to the South. You know, it was it was interesting how, like, if you listen to Life After Devin, then you listen to, like, uh, Life of Times of Sean Carter, Volume 1, mm-hmm. it was kind of a condensed version. Oh, yeah, definitely, version, definitely, you know definitely, I mean? definitely, definitely. And there was a lot of other people doing that, but I could just but push that out. How much of that is also, and Ali, you, you brought this point up before, how much of that album structure is based on the fact that this is pre- iTunes and pre like well you could no, actually you could no, actually put out the, put an album out like an album album meant something people yeah, would but buy that's it. just the, the variety of songs now you could put out the one kind of song that everybody fucking with and I could have my DJ mustard type of song and get in the clubs and get I need my strip club song and my club song and shit but it's also too I don't think iTunes has really changed much. It definitely, it definitely opened it up to the singles market again. Like you could right. sell singles and you could get shit popping. But if you are a dope artist, people will go look for you. That could put together an album like Kendrick. I didn't really want to listen to too many of the songs outside of the album. I'd rather hear right. it all in this all together. Exactly. Certain people I'd rather hear. Certain people I'd rather just hear the latest single. Mm-hmm. But it's it's similar to like. Make that equation again. Like there's certain comedians you like to see for 15 minutes, and there's those that you could watch for a whole oh, hour. There's a lot of those, yeah, because they could say a whole lot of shit within that hour. They Pacing, could take you on a ride, engagement. Yeah. You know what I right. mean? There's other cats that just they punchy and it's you seven know. Eight and, minutes. Yeah. And then, but the thing about it, one thing I learned from just you know what I'm saying working in music and shit is is there's everybody that likes everything. Yeah. There's somebody that likes everything. You know yep. what I'm saying? And an artist's job or a record label's job is to find that artist, that audience for said particular artist so it's somebody that likes you know what i'm saying the rapper that you hate they love that whole album you know what i'm saying and you like what the fuck you can't listen yeah to I, song. I, don't, I don't get it i don't get you know it yeah, yeah so it's people out there that just you know what I'm saying? it's all kind of perspectives and i think the album is for when you really want to get into that artist's perspective yeah and i think the critical thing is and i think this is the point you were trying to make with the biggie album mm-hmm. is that a lot of guys what they'll start doing is they'll either start doing what's hot or they'll start doing the the opposite of that, right? As opposed to embracing a full range of being an artist. Like I'm gonna take what Biggie did. I'm gonna take what Def Jam Comedy did. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take all that and have it inform what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being like, oh, that's what's hot. Let me jump on that. Or I don't like that. I'm gonna do the opposite. Or just doing what I want to do. That because that's yeah. the purest form of it. Right. 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 It's like, I, I, this is what I feel like doing. Because it, it comes down to expression. So it's mm-hmm. like if you're an artist and you get to that studio, 
you express how you feel in that moment. You like, yo, I feel like making a fucking uh, like a turn up record. Cause I I'm, love I'm, I love record, yeah, whatever it is, yeah, or whatever. Like I'm in that moment right now, and I need to express that fully. So at that point, it's potent. It, mm -hmm. It's palpable. You'd be like, yo, that motherfucker really meant that shit. Mm -hmm. Not that. Okay, I think it's time for me to. Let me source some of these uh, records of that type, and I'll, I'll figure something Can out. Can we get Hitboy on the phone? Yes. Because okay. a lot of, you know, we, we've been in situations where a lot of comics will be like, um, you know, mainstream versus urban rooms, right? Uh -huh. And they'll play either one based on whatever they feel like. You know, they don't really accept my style. And it's like, you got to kind of embrace the best of both and have that inform. Like, don't, you know, a lot of guys are oppositional. Mm -hmm. They define who they are by what they're not. We always talk about this. It's like, how do you take that without without jumping on the bandwagon, but just incorporating it into what you do as a as a form of full expression? It's just being yourself. Yeah, because that's the that's the only constant in the formula. It's like this crowd is different from that crowd. You're going in both of these crowds, but you're the same guy. And how so you, just be the right. same guy each time. Be yeah. human the whole way. Yeah. You ain't got a lot of kick it, my nigga. So. <laughs> you ain't got a lot. That shit hard, boy. I'll try listening to the Kendrick album. I'll try. That shit is so You something. ain't got to. I'll try. I'll pull up lyrics.com. No, you don't have to. Yeah, man. Because to me, it feels like a victory. Oh, oh, that's what he was saying. Oh, I got it now. And then that should be wrong. Then the motherfucker. I know. Sometimes. Then I come to, come to Yah like, he wasn't saying <laughs> that. didn't say that shit. Guns were not involved. <laughs> yeah, I think a nigga thought I was in a gang uh, last week. I'll tell you a full quick story. I was at the comedy cellar, right? I was chilling. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me, and, uh, dropping, uh, dropping venues now. It was a, uh, so I was at the comedy center. I'm messing with you, D. I see one cat that I knew. He was one of the, like a security guy or shit. I said, what's popping? You know, I said to him, there's another cat behind him. You know what I mean? Young cat, probably like 25 or whatever. He heard me. He was like, what's popping? <laughs> then gave me a pound while I'm aggressive, holding my hand. Like, I was like, what's good? What's popping? He was like, yo, I'm eight, whatever his name is, from Brooklyn. You know what I mean? I said, all right, well, you real hostile right now. You know, we still holding hands and shit. And I'm like, all right, my dude. You're supposed to know his G code. That ex exactly. <laughs> you supposed to know his G Exactly. <laughs> I ain't here. So I was like, he was like, yeah, I like what you're doing on, on guy code, man. Keep doing your thing. And then he left, right? That's, that, that, that's <laughs> and it was hood, a hood weird love. moment. Because then I'm like, is it, is it like, is it hood love? Is it where nigga give you props, but they, they don't want to. In the moment of giving you props, they don't want to be less than. You right. know what I mean? No, def most definitely. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's Listen, what my nigga, I got to let you know you doing your thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm doing me, but you doing you. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. But then I was like, later on, because I had it happen before, a long time ago, a friend of mine, he had just come home from jail. And I, you know, I say it in a whimsical fashion. I don't, I'm not, I listen, pa, I am not gang related for the, for the, for the record. Never been. I am not gang related. I remember New York City before there was Bloods and Crips. So I'm looking right. at it as a, hey, what's popping? You right. know what I mean? I asked my, it I was said, popping that, a, uh, uh, shut, yeah, what's popping? It's blood shit. Oh, really? See, I didn't know that because oh, okay. my slang is outdated. Right, I'm not right, out right, there right. running around. I'm a grown ass Got man. Got caught out there. Right. But it was a cat that was a couple years older than me, fresh out of jail. I said, uh, I said, what's poppin'? He was like, what's bangin'? I said, whoa, whoa, <laughs> all right, well, listen, my nigga, we both in our 30s. Like, let's be careful oh, here. You no, know, he, well, he's a preserved 30. Like, oh, yeah, he, yeah. For yeah, how long was he was a, in there. Exactly. He's preserved. But I just want to make a, an announcement. You know what I mean? I, I'm changing what's poppin' to either what's shaking or to, uh, hello, how are you doing? I'm Damien. I had to change. Pleasure to meet you. I had an experience like that. First yeah. shaking. First time I went to the West Coast. Yeah. And you know, you know my, Miami, please, you know please what I'm saying? That, like, you know, cuz, like you say, what's up, cuz? Like yeah, it, ain't, it ain't shit. Like, you know, we ain't had no gangs and no shit like that. Yeah. So I'm on the West Coast and we it was a Gavin conference. Uh -huh. Shout out to Tim Bisa. And um Gavin, I like the, the Death Row cast was there, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? OFTB, I think they was called. It's like a a gang, very gang related okay. group that probably never had a record, but they was on the level uh -huh. on the label. Okay, so I'm at the table, we sitting around. And I'm like, yeah, shit, shit, what up, cuz? You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Like, and then I said it probably like three times uh -huh. in, the, in the matter of this conversation. Kept repeating it. <laughs> he was like, yo, man, where you from? Uh -huh. I was like, I'm from Miami, cause I had braids at the time. I was uh -huh. like, I was like, I'm from Miami. He was like, oh man, you know what I'm saying? Cause you know. You saying cuz a lot, you know what I'm saying? Around yeah. here, that's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? That's some crip shit. I'm yeah. like, oh shit, nah, my bad. My I bad. Know, I don't know shit about what you're talking about. Excuse me, cuz. <laughs> Sorry, cuz, I didn't mean to, didn't mean <laughs> to offend. 
I was like, okay. Yeah, sometimes you gotta know. That's when the language come into play for Absolutely. real. That's so funny. <laughs> that's that's when, when that's when language mean. You know what I'm saying? That's when you need a hood sherpa. <laughs> like, listen, my nigga, don't don't speak like that around here, them motherfuckers, and, and fix your hat. Go to Chicago, right? Go yeah. to Chicago with your shit cocked all wrong. And I and I'm very um I'm very nonchalant with my hat. Like yeah. it might go on whatever way it lands. So you don't want to be in Chicago not, fucking up. Yeah, not by mistake. Do you? This sounds crazy, but I mean, I, I you know when I travel a lot, I actually have um, I have a basic hat, no no label on, no brand, just a pretty up black hat. Yeah, I see it. Because some cats it's are just like, nondescript. Like that might be that might be a G character. hat too. You All never black. know. You can't you win. You never know. You can't win. Oh, he got a solid black hat. Oh shit! That was that a, you had to look for a solid. I was, I was black in hat. Boston. I was in Boston for graduation. I had my Yankee hat on. I, I just totally forgot. I totally blanked oh, out. Oh, that's a gang too. And dude, yeah. everybody was stopping me. Like these are professors on on the campus. They were like, oh, you you have a Yankee hat on? They worse than a gang. They like zealots. So I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm whenever I leave, I'm gonna wear just a basic black black hat. Ah, speaking of when you leave, where you gonna be at this week? Oh, we wrapping, we wrapping up. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> King got a rap. I'm this sorry. sir rap. Uh, man, I'm at the Broadway. <laughs> I'm at the Broadway Comedy Club to or well, tonight because when this thing airs tonight, and then I'm at the I'm at the I'm in Long Island City Saturday at the Laughing Devil. Then I'm at the Stand uh, Saturday and Sunday, um, and then LaughingBlind.com. Check it out for dates. I'm coming to Penn State Harrisburg uh, in a couple. Uh, I think in a week or so, April seventh. I'm out there. Uh, right. got, got a sketch coming out We're going to put that out there Taping it We're getting the pieces in motion I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it fly I'll Put it on the, in the conversation post um, Yeah <laughs> Oh I just taped live at Gotham Gotham Comedy Live Shout out to that It was on Access It was on Access TV Is it on, It's What's online up? anywhere People can see it uh, I don't think it's up yet okay. They're still putting the footage together I don't think it's up yet But they do air it on the channel Alright That's what's up there you go. Bird, Mr. Bird. Muhammad, what's cracking? Ah, man, um, we in production on a, a series that's going to drop on the web pretty soon. Uh, mm -hmm. Shout out to everybody who came out last Saturday, last weekend. You know, follow Lolita on Instagram. And, um, she can't follow Lolita? Evita, you know what I'm saying, from, from No Madness. And uh, Lloyd Porter and, you know, the other, other people that participated in it. And we'll be back this weekend shooting again. So that'll be dropping real soon. All right. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, shit, I'll be at the stand tonight. Oh, actually, I won't be at the stand tonight. I'm sorry. I'll be at the stand tomorrow night. You know Word. what I mean? Also be there Friday, Saturday. I'll be at the cellar Saturday night and back at the stand on Sunday. So, uh, everything else, you can follow me online, D Lemon Comedy everywhere. As always, tell a friend to tell a friend to get Subscribe. in the conversation. Subscribe. We out.